I don't know if you've heard the bad news. It's very unfortunate. I'm sorry if I'm the one that has to deliver this to you. Uh, it's Friday. You should be enjoying your Friday, but instead, I am the bearer of bad news here. The bad news is that we're headed into a recession. Now, this isn't debatable. It's not up for discussion. It's a matter of fact. We are headed into a recession. And you might be asking, Joseph, how can you say that? How can you know so definitively that we're headed into a recession? Well, the answer is pretty simple. YouTube comments. I've been doing YouTube for over three years. And over this time period, I've never received so many comments about a recession that I have the past week. It's been an abundance of comments about a recession. Let me just go through a couple of them. This one's literally just from the past hour. Aloha State of Mind says three scenarios. The Fed raises rates aggressively. That ends up being a recession. The Fed doesn't raise rates. That's hyperinflation. May as well be the same thing. That's just as bad. The Fed slowly raises rates. That's stagflation. Also not good. So we have those three options, one of them being recession, the other two being just as bad. Here's another one. This is after my Starbucks video. This commenter says, Starbucks bought a stagnant business at all-time high and right before an imminent recession where people will pull back on this kind of expenditure. Inflation up, wages are down. He says that there is, quote, an imminent recession. Now, I can take and, and kind of argue with the rest of the stuff in this comment because a lot of it's not accurate, but he does state that we're going into an imminent recession, not even up for debate. Wyatt Taylor here knows we're going into a recession. We have David Miller here saying inflation, then recession, huge crash is coming. Base Dojo here is perplexed. He's asking, why would you buy going into a recession where consumers will have less cash for their vices? The assumption that we're going into a recession is not an assumption. He's saying it definitively. Why would you be buying now when we're clearly going into a recession? James says, I kind of disagree. With a recession on the loom, less people will be in Vegas gambling. This was referring to my real estate buy in Vegas. He's saying there's a recession on the loom. It's imminent. It's coming. It's right ahead of us. Why would I be buying stocks or doing investments when that's headed our direction? We have Tales from the Crypto saying literally months away from probably the biggest crash and recession ever. This is another warning. Now, of course, these aren't the only comments with people convinced we're headed into a recession. I'm getting these comments literally by the hour. Every single hour, I get more comments of people asking and being perplexed of why I'm buying stocks into a recession. But honestly, it makes sense. This makes sense. These commenters are pointing out the truth. After all, the stock market year to date is down 6.5%. So we're on a huge slump with the stock market. The tech companies have been Leading the market are starting the crack as well. They're down even more. We have record-breaking inflation, the fastest pace since 1982. It doesn't seem to be abating anytime soon. Investors are genuinely concerned right now, and rightfully so. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. The stock market's tanking. Inflation's sky high. The Fed has to raise interest rates to some extent to deal with the inflation. If they raise it too much, they might cause a recession. We seem like we're in a very difficult stance right now. This is a very difficult place to be. And a lot of investors, like we're seeing across the board, are seriously concerned about this. Now, I won't say that we can't get into a recession. Of course we can. I'm no economist. What do I know about a recession? We could enter in a recession this year. But one thing I will point out is that fears of a recession are nothing new. Let's go ahead and take a look at an article here. This one's a little bit old. Economists fear debt ceiling fight may bring a recession. This one is from 2013. Now, of course, we didn't go into a recession in 2013. The economy did well. It got through these challenges. 
but living in this time, this felt very real. It's easy to look back in hindsight and think, wow, a debt ceiling fight, that was the biggest thing going on right then. Back then, that felt real. These were big headlines that scared investors. In 2015, crisis hangover. Millennials are scared to invest. Scared to invest. What does that sound like? We have a lot of millennials that have lived through the 2008 recession. They saw what their parents went through. Lots of people lost their jobs. It was a horrible recession. And there's a bit of a hangover of that. Nobody wants to go through that again. Nobody wants to be the person that has their portfolio go down 50% and take a decade to recover. So a lot of millennials were avoiding investing in 2015 because of the 2008 recession. 2016 from CNBC, global recession fears mount amid market turbulence. So 2016 was a turbulent time for the stock market. That spurred conversation and talk about a global recession. That sounds very similar to what's going on right now. Let's go ahead and read through some of this to get into the minds of what was going on back in 2016. Investors trying to cope with one of the worst starts to the year on record are beginning to weigh up the possibility of a global recession. As oil prices hit 12-year lows and Chinese growth fears leave markets with little room for optimism. There's the possibility of a global recession being weighed after a very rocky start to the year. Sounds a little bit familiar. With China set to release its fourth quarter gross domestic product numbers for December and 2015 as a whole on Tuesday, some analysts believe the recent rout in equities may worsen, with some bracing for the slowest pace in expansion since 1990. Bad economic forecasts. We have little room for optimism. This whole article continues on painting this gloomy picture of the future. Of course, 2016 was a great time to invest. If you look back in hindsight, everybody would love to buy equities at these prices back in 2016. Fast forward a little bit. This is 2019. Despite the strong economy, two-thirds of adults fear a recession could come next year. This was in 2019. Of course, we had the coronavirus, which caused the, the kind of instantaneous crash of the market, which quickly recovered. Stocks are up over 50% since this article is written. But the same thing persists. People being afraid of a recession. This is an often repeated pattern. Concerns about a recession are nothing new. In fact, since the 2008 recession, every single year, 2009, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, investors are concerned about the next recession. It's part of our human nature. We're hardwired to be concerned about these things. We have concerns about the future, and a lot of times we think things are going to turn out worse than they actually are. Every single year, investors are predicting a recession. But those predictions get especially intense during market downturns like we're in right now. That's when people really start to come out of the woodworks to double down on an impending, imminent recession. The big issue with these predictions, of course, is that nobody knows. Nobody has a clue, including these so-called experts that have previously predicted a recession. I'll name off one of them because he's very popular on social media. Uh, he probably won't like me making this video, but I'll name him off anyways. Peter Schiff. He's one of the ones that's notable for predicting the 2008 recession. Now, if you're not familiar with Peter Schiff, let me introduce you by showing this video. This is from his YouTube channel. It's a montage of his claim to fame. This is where he really got, I think, really popular, where he got a social media following. This is him predicting the 2008 financial collapse. Peter Schiff, an expert on the economy, he forecast the financial crisis of 2008. What was it that you saw that others missed? 
You were on my show an awful lot. I appreciate it because you were one of the only people that saw this coming and had the cojones to say it. Nobody sounded the alarm louder than Peter Schiff. The worst is yet to come. The fundamentals are not sound. They're awful. If the fundamentals were sound, we wouldn't be having these problems. This is going to be an enormous credit crunch. The party is over for the United States. We cannot continue borrowing to live beyond our means. There's a lot of losses coming up in the future. These financials are going to get hit, and they're going to get hit hard. Don't believe When you see the stock market come down and the real estate bubble burst, all that phony wealth is going to evaporate. Why didn't anybody listen? Well, the financials, as I keep saying, are just super bargains. I particularly like uh, Merrill Lynch. Look, stay away from the financials. They're toxic. Not only didn't anybody listen to him, a lot of people actually laughed at him. People can't sell their house. The inventories are exploding all over the country. Houses are on the market for six months a year. There's no bidders. So, uh, the price right. is going to fall through the floor. You These stimulus checks aren't going to change it. Who's laughing? Okay, well, you know... I am. Yeah. At you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're just way off base. There is nothing out there that tells us we're going to have a nice slowdown, but it's not going to be a All right, crap. let me ask you this. Um, you have been mocked on all of these financial shows going back to 2005. Oh, my gosh. You sort of saw this coming. You may know him from YouTube fame as videos of Peter Schiff calling the markets collapse way back in 2006. I've been making the rounds out there in cyberspace. Turns out he was right on the money. And now the one and only Peter Schiff has hit the fan. He saw this day coming and predicts it is a tiny, tiny it, blip. It's not <laughs> tiny. I'll pause it there. This continues on. He has a lot of media appearances in 2006, 2007, right before the financial collapse, saying that it's going to happen, calling out the financial collapse. Now, like many of you, the first time I watched that montage of him being mocked on television, him saying there's an impending recession, a financial collapse, the banks are going to collapse, there's going to be a credit crunch, a mortgage crisis. He was mocked, derided at the time, and then proven correct. He was vindicated afterwards. I thought it was pretty impressive. I thought that was a pretty incredible video to watch and seeing him go through that. But having said that, the more concerning thing and the more relevant thing is that he's now predicting an imminent recession. Peter Schiff warns inflation will help push the economy into recession. This was November 20th. So he's warning us yet again that we're headed towards a recession. Well, that's a little bit concerning. Makes me feel like I should sell my stocks. He is warning of an impending recession and he was dead accurate on the last one. Now, anytime someone makes a spectacular call like Peter Schiff did in 2007, I like to look into their history, dive a little bit deeper and learn more about these amazing people that can seemingly predict recessions and predict the future. And I want to do that now with Peter Schiff. Let's go ahead and start off with this video. This one looks a little dated, but that's because it is. It's from 2002. And unlike the montage of him calling the recession in 2006 and 7, this one is not highlighted on his YouTube channel. I had to find this one from a different source. And I can tell you this, the market even today, today, is much more overvalued by any valuation metric than it was in, than the market was in 1966. So you can expect a far more severe bear market. And the U.S. financially is in far worse shape as a nation. You know, back in 19, early 1970s, we were still the world's largest creditor nation. Now we're the world's largest debtor nation. We had a large current account surplus. Now we have a large current account deficit. Back in the early 70s, I think the average American, the savings rate was still about 10%. Now it's negative. You know? So people are loaded up with debt. People are, right. you know, are, their, their houses are mortgaged to the hilt. We have a huge uh, national debt. We have an enormous current account liability. So we're, we're going to enter this bear market financially on much shakier ground. So as I said, my prediction for the, for the NASDAQ is it's going to fall to around 500. You know, right now, you know, about 1,700. Got a long way to go down. The Dow Jones still above 10,000. 
probably going to fall to between 2,000 and 4,000, but it might go below 2,000. Just a reminder, this is in 2002. Not 2006, not 2007 during the huge explosive run-up. This is in 2002, and even back then he was saying that the stock market is heavily overvalued. Consumers are in poor shape. The, the whole U.S. economy is going to be destroyed. He was saying this back in 2002, and he said that the QQQ was going to go to 500. Well, we can take a look at that. He said the NASDAQ would go to 500. It's currently at 14,300. So the gains since 2002 have been 1,310% from, from 2002 to date. That's been the gains. Uh, and another way you could put it is the NASDAQ could fall 90% and still not even get close to 2002 levels. In fact, looking back on things, just a cursory glance, it looks like 2002 wasn't a bad time to be a buyer. It was after the dot-com bubble, largely deflated. You had 2002, things were trading around 1,000. Started to go up almost immediately after that, and the returns since then have been phenomenal. And the investor that would have just purchased during the exact time that he's instructing them to sell and held on to it, just buy and hold, buy the QQQ, hold it for 20 years, they would have had 1,300% returns, not counting dividends. That is at the exact same time he's instructing people to sell out of the market. Well, we know what happens next. Peter Schiff keeps warning of stock market collapses, and he eventually gets one in 2008. His career is spurred because of his accurate prediction in 2007 and 2006 preceding the stock market crash. So that's the one that he likes to focus on. Here's a few others that he doesn't really highlight on his YouTube channel. Here's from December 31st, 2010. This is after the, the recession was kind of recovering. This is a very low point in the stock market. Here's Peter Schiff. What's your outlook for 2011? You're painting a fairly big doomsday scenario by these hey. notes. I mean, hey, uh, everything in here except for the world coming to an end. I'm not painting it. I'm just seeing it clearly. You know, Murphy's Law is anything that can go wrong will. And there are so many things that can go wrong. One of them is bound to in 2011. And then when one does, it'll be like dominoes. You know, the big problem is the, the dollar went out, closed out the year very, very weak. I think that continues in 2011. A weakening dollar is going to put more upward pressure on commodity prices that are already rising. It's going to put more upward pressure on interest rates. And it's going to force the Fed to make a very difficult decision. Aggressively start to tighten and let the chips fall where they may or... Uh, to try to postpone the pain, they keep on printing and they unleash an even greater economic disaster. Doesn't that sound a little bit the same that it did in 2002? Sounded almost verbatim the same. The Fed is having struggles, they're in a tight position, they have to do tightening, the bubble has been blown up by the Fed, and we're in for economic doom. This was in December 31st, 2010. All right, well, we can go ahead and look at the chart here again. We go to December, uh, what was it, December 21st, 2010. Let's go ahead and get here in November, December, right there. The stock market, at least the QQQ, is up 547%. Over five extra money, not counting dividends, since 2010. This, again, was a great time to be a buyer of stocks. But Peter Schiff during that time was the same. Be a seller of stocks. Be concerned about the market. The Fed doesn't have this under control. They're in a tight position. They don't know what they're doing. Peter Schiff can see through all this mess. He's just saying... He's just a realist saying what's really going to happen, and it's really going to unfold. The stock market's going to collapse. Of course, that didn't happen. It's up over 530% since this video. 5Xing your money, not counting dividends. Well, his 2010 call didn't really work out as Peter, I think, wanted it to, uh, or at least that he was maybe not wanting it to, but at least forecasting that it would. So we skip forward a couple years to 2013. 
The message is very consistent from Peter Schiff. Which is more deficit spending, more cheap money, more central banking and central planning. And as a result, I think the U.S. economy is now poised for a much bigger collapse. I think that what's coming is a sovereign debt crisis and a currency crisis uh, that will make the financial crisis of 08 you know, look like you know, the proverbial Sunday school picnic. I think that it's going to be much worse than what Europe has been going through. The prediction is the same. But the argument now is that because it didn't collapse in 2010, in 2013, the collapse is going to be much worse. It's just a bigger bubble, more inflated, a bigger collapse. So his argument is the same all the way back from 2002 to 2013. Hasn't changed a bit. The dot-com bubble doesn't change the argument. The 2008 collapse and the changes after that doesn't change the argument. From 2002 to 2013, there's many interviews, many arguments about the impending financial collapse. And keep in mind that from 2013, the time of that video, the stock market is up 423%, not counting dividends. Now, also that year, Peter Schiff made another big doomsday prediction, market crushing treasury collapse to hit around 2013. This is another prediction from Peter Schiff that, of course, uh, we did not see happen. We did not see a crushing treasury collapse happen in 2013. So just to summarize, Peter Schiff predicted a collapse of the U.S. market in 2002 and then in many years between 2002 and 2007. He got it correct in 2007. He also predicted one in 2010, one in 2012, 2013. Now we're fast forwarding to 2015. Now the Fed is still pretending that they're getting ready to raise rates, which is really what's behind the stock market sell off. You know, people want to blame it on China, but it's not it's not about China. It, you know, the U.S. market was falling before the Chinese slight devaluation. And I wouldn't get too excited about this turnaround Tuesday rally. They are notoriously suspect. I think there has been a lot of technical damage done. And if the Fed isn't going to come out and come clean about the fact that it's not raising rates, I think this correction will turn into a bear market. It's really shocking, isn't it? He's once again predicting a bear market. And as you can see on the screen there, the S&P 500 was trading at 1900, 1920. Currently, the S&P 500 is at 4,430. It is up roughly 134%. And of course, again, that's not counting dividends being reinvested. So we've gone through bear market predictions from 2002, 2006, 2010, 12, 13, 15. Now we're moving to 2019. Well, we're headed for a recession. It's going to be worse than 08. The Fed is going back to zero. They're going to do QE again. It's going to be bigger than the first three rounds combined but it's not going to work. The Fed is done inflating asset bubbles. All the inflation is gonna to go to the supermarket uh, and the gas station. It's not gonna go into the stock market. The dollar's gonna go through the floor. It's gonna take the bond market with it. And the next crisis is not subprime mortgages. It's gonna be in the treasury market. It's gonna be a sovereign debt and a currency crisis. And this is gonna be an inflationary recession. There is no way out. And it's political disaster for Trump because the recession is going to start before he finishes this term, which means he he's just a ray of sunshine, isn't he? Just an optimist, right? Of course, again, we get another bear call. Everything's bad. Everything with the U.S. economy is essentially going to be destroyed. That's the call this time. Again, this was in 2019. And of course, we can look at the chart again. The stock market's up around 40%, give or take, since then. Of course, it's only been a couple of years, so it hasn't really had time to move up as much as his previous predictions. Now, after watching all the predictions, not just the ones in 2006, but his entire history of making predictions, I noticed a little bit of a commonality. 
Maybe you noticed the same thing. They seem to have a lot of commonalities with each other. For one, they're always bearish. They're always about how the Fed doesn't know what it's doing. They're always about how we're in a big bubble and the economy's going to collapse. We're going to enter a global recession. That's every single prediction I can find about them. From 2002 to 2022, 20 years straight of economic doom and gloom. Now, after seeing all of this, it actually made me question something. I thought, you know, maybe that call in 2006, 2007, the big one that made him popular, his claim to fame, predicting the global financial crisis, maybe after all, that wasn't some keen insight into the future. Maybe he doesn't possess the ability to accurately predict downturns. Maybe, just maybe, he was able to have that prediction turn out correct because he makes similar predictions almost every year. And eventually, economies do enter into a recession. I don't know. Just a thought. Now, Peter Schiff is also a business guy. He's not only an economist that predicted the recession, he is an active business guy running an asset management company. So he does instruct people to sell out of the U.S. economy. He instills fear in a lot of people, but he sells investment services that has made him a multimillionaire. Part of his investment services are different funds that you can invest in. These are ones that Euro-Pacific Capital manage. An Emerging Market Small Cap Fund, EPASX. We can go ahead and look at the returns of this fund over its lifetime. This is how the performance of this one looks so far. Let's see, from 2010 when it was first launched, it has returned a total of 17%. And it recently suffered a pretty big downturn. In fact, that's a, that's a worse downturn than the QQQ. It's down 27%. It's up 18% since 2010. For just a quick reference, the S&P 500 is up 272%. But that's just one of his funds. Let's go ahead and look at the other ones because maybe that was an outlier. That's a bad performer. The rest of his funds surely are doing better than the market that he is an expert on. He's an economic expert. These are his investments. This is what he's advising and telling people to invest in. The next one is EPGFX. All right, so this one started in 2013 and its all-time returns are negative. 0.9% in the red. That's from 2013. And the S&P 500 during that time period is up 161%. All right, well, maybe that's another outlier. Let's go ahead and look at not just a gold fund because maybe gold was not doing so well. Let's look at the International Bond Fund, EPIBX. We'll use a back tester for this one because it factors in dividends being reinvested, which a bond fund, of course, has. It's had a 5.75% annualized return. It had a worst year of 26% in the red. So that one's not looking so good. Let's go ahead and look at the International Dividend Income Fund, EPDPX. Now, this one's another equity fund, so we can go ahead and compare it against the S&P 500. This is since inception with dividends being reinvested because his is a dividend fund. His has returned a CAGR, a compound annual growth rate of 2.45%. So it hasn't quite kept up with inflation. The S&P 500 has returned 13.78% annualized. And you can see the the difference there had you invested 10000 into each of them. Now, this is odd. Peter Schiff is the economic expert. I thought his funds would turn out a little bit better than this, but so far, we're having some bad luck. We have the International Value Fund here, EPIVX. Let's go ahead and look at this one. This one has returned a 1.04% annualized return since inception all the way back in 2010, while the S&P 500 with dividends reinvested has returned 14.37%. You can see the difference there 
This one has barely moved above where it started and the S&P 500 would have turned 10,000 into 44,000. Now I'm not highlighting this to be critical or just to be a hater or anything like that. He could be right. Maybe we will have a market crash this year. Maybe 2022 is the year that we go into it. Peter Schiff could be right again. He could get the second call right that he's been waiting for for about 20 years. Since 2002, he's made dozens and dozens of calls of market crashes, and this could be the second one that he's getting correct. So that could happen. But all I'm doing with this video is a little bit of research. I'm just looking into his background, looking into the entire history of his market calls, not just 2007, and I'm looking into the entire performance of his funds. So far, they leave, to put it nicely, a bit to be desired there. Overall, I think the problem with market forecasting and imminent predictions is they're very difficult to get right. It's very difficult to time them with any kind of accuracy. Whether you're Peter Schiff or you're Kathy Wood, you have polar opposite views, it's difficult to get these calls right with any kind of accuracy. Howard Marks, the founder of Oaktree Capital, he's a brilliant investor. He explains how he believes that market forecasters are essentially worthless, that forecasting doesn't hold any value because the predictions can't be accurately timed. Um, and one of the things he says is we have two classes of forecasters, the ones who don't know and the ones who don't know they don't know. <laughs> now, I don't believe in forecasts, uh, macro forecasts, people who forecast interest rates, performance of economies, performance of stock markets. And I don't think that my efforts to be a superior investor and most other people's are aided by macro forecasts. Am I saying that, that the forecaster is never right? No, I'm not. This is an important part. Saying that forecasting is worthless does not mean forecasters never get it right. Because sometimes they do. Peter Schiff has gotten it wrong dozens of times, but he got it right once in 2007. So he did get it right one time. But that doesn't make the forecasting worthwhile. And he explains why. Deviant forecasts which turn out to be right, are potentially very valuable, but it's very hard to make them. It's very hard to make them correctly. It's very hard to make them correctly consistently. Once in a while, something changes radically, and invariably, somebody predicted it. But the problem is, if you look at that person's other forecasts over the years, you see that that person always made radical forecasts and never uh, was right any other time. Of course, if, you, if you're getting your information from a forecaster, the fact that he was right once doesn't tell you anything. You, you wouldn't, he, the, the views of that forecaster would not be of any value to you unless he was right consistently. And nobody's right consistently in making deviant forecasts. So, uh, so the bottom line for me, is that forecasting is not valuable. I, of course, agree with Howard Marks here, and I think he describes the current situation pretty accurate. So like I said, there very well could be a recession this year. There could be one next year. There could be one the year after. There could be one. I'm not saying that people are going to be wrong with that assumption. Maybe it's going to be this year. What I am saying is nobody knows for sure. Really, no one knows for sure. And the people making predictions that have made them correctly in the past before have a history of making radical, deviant predictions. The people that are new to the market, feeling like there might be a recession around the corner, well, that's something that a lot of investors feel all the time. There's a continual history of people being concerned about a recession. So again, maybe there is one, maybe there isn't, but the fact remains, 
unless you have a crystal ball and you can see the future, you are not going to be able to determine when a recession hits. You're not going to be able to determine how much interest rates rise or how much they fall. These things are unpredictable. Some people will inevitably, after every recession, had predicted it. Out of the millions of people that exist with all the various opinions, someone's going to have predicted it. And they would have gone on television predicting the recession. They'll have all the evidence that they got the call right. The truth is that's mostly survivorship bias. That is random odds of someone predicting something that happened. And if you look at their history, it paints a little bit more clear of a picture. Now, what we can look at with a lot of data, a lot of historical evidence, many peer-reviewed studies on the subject, is that if you buy and hold ETFs, broad indexes, for long periods of time, your future expected return is really good. And if you buy them continually, dollar cost averaging in through thick and through thin, and especially through thin, your future expected return is even better. We may go through a recession. Maybe the next two or three years are very tough. If you dollar cost average and buy good companies, capitalism goes on. Economies recover, companies recover, and investors that buy and hold for long periods of time, just like the ones that bought in 2002 and held till current day, they make a lot of money in the process. That's what we do know. So that's my video today. I hope you enjoyed it. See you in the next one.